Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist podcast. I am Cindy Gozanski, your host, and I am thrilled about my guest today. I'm so delighted and honored to introduce you to Katie Reed. Katie is vibrant, fun, super smart and savvy, and I see her as a real superstar in our therapy space. Katie Reed helps the helping professionals step into their biggest lives so they can serve in the biggest ways. She's been an LMFT forever, directed large agencies, taught grad school, supervised over 40 interns, written psych training materials, spoken at conferences, and had practices in various cities. Katie is also the creator of the Clinician to Coach Academy, the Coach Certification, and the Six Figure Flagship Program. And Katie is a special needs mom, a rescue dog mom, an eager but terrible karaoke singer, and an interior designer wannabe. Welcome, Katie. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here. That's funny. I forgot some of the things that were written on that bio that cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have such a beautiful space. So I think the interior designer thank is you. a thing. Oh, thank you. Okay, good. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy you're here. Most people know a little bit about you. We'll dive into your story a tiny bit. But before that, here we are on the Heart Center Therapist podcast, and you have had an amazing, successful journey in going outgrowing the office and becoming a therapist who offers so much more and has had amazing success. So in that context, how do you describe a heart-centered therapist? What does that mean to you where, where you are now? I love that question. That's such a good question. And I love the title of the podcast. When I think of heart-centered, to me, I think I align heart and gut, intuition, all of that. And I know it's funny that we're talking today because just yesterday I was doing some writing just for you know my social media and whatnot. And I was thinking a lot about how do you really follow your gut? How do you follow your intuition? And how for me, all of my best decisions in life have truly come from following my intuition, much more even than my logic or my intellect or my, you know, like obviously we need those things. They're important. But that at the end of the day, it's that gut feeling or that instant sort of reaching forward when you see something that you just know deep down is the next right thing for you or the next person you want to meet or the next challenge you want to take on. Like you feel that little heart-centered piece that lunges forward. And to me, I feel like part of my work and maybe part of all of our work is getting better and better at separating out what is the voice of my intuition versus what is the voice of my fear that wants to keep me away from something that I intuitively know would be the perfect next challenge, but my fear wants to raise up and be like, no, 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 terrible idea, you know, stay where you are. And being able to separate out those things and trust and follow the heart, the gut, the intuition each and every time is sort of my dream as a human being, because to me, that is that true north that we all carry around inside of us and that can get so uh, wonky, I'll say, just with life and busyness and stress and other people's opinions and all of our fears and all of those things. So I feel like a lot of the work that's important to me is as I want to help therapists live bigger lives, which is what you read in that intro. And that's been my mission for a long time. And so often the only way to do that is to tune in to your heart, your gut, your intuition and, and live from that place completely. Mm -hmm. So now you see why this is such a great episode. We desire what you have to share with us. We want to live bigger lives. We want to be yeah. that human being first, right? Where we can connect with our intuition and let some of that fear and the constriction go from that, you know, the therapy space. So I love that about 
really looking at our intuition and not ignoring that and, and helping that guide our decisions. And I think that goes directly into like your journey. Like you, we described in, in the intro, all of the basic kind of therapist, clinical director, right. agency, private practice things and some right. side. And then what did your intuition do? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? So I feel like I spent so many years of my life. I mean, certainly my intuition was what sent me to become a therapist in the first place. Like, thank God for that. Like, thank God I found that calling because I absolutely love being a therapist. And I'm so grateful for that and that that journey kicked off for me. And then I think, and maybe for a lot of people, I got out of grad school. I had no money. I had about $100,000 in grad school debt. That was terrifying. You know, had to go find a job somewhere. Found a community mental health job in inner city, Oakland, California. Rough job, rough place to live. And was scraping, scraping, scraping by. But I spent many years, the next 10, 15 years, doing all the things that we're sort of told to do as therapists. You know, I climbed up in agency leadership. I was seeing private practice clients at night. I eventually, once I was licensed, I became a director at the agency. I started teaching grad school, like all of those things. I was always working a million hours a week, hardly making any money, but feeling like, well, this is what I signed up for. You know, this is the deal. And so even though I felt a bit squashed or diminished or not like I was living at my full potential, I still had that logical story that, well, this is what you do. You know, you're a therapist and you didn't sign up for this career to get rich and you're just a therapist and just deal with it, you know, go home and eat your ramen noodles and suck it up. Like this is life. Right. Exactly. And, and I love how you say you really help us blow our assumptions out of the water. Like these, these stereotypical cultural assumptions that the therapist has to be poor or serve or see everybody. Yes, absolutely. And I absolutely felt that way. And I walked around with all of that. And I'm like, I don't know if I got that from grad school or from like growing up in the Midwest where this was sort of the expectation on women. Like, I don't know exactly where I had that, but I had it very strongly. And it was funny. What happened for us was a couple different things in short order. One, both of my young children were diagnosed with special needs. And so my life changed a lot in that way in that I needed to be able to be there for them, bring them around to services all day, do very different things. And then not too long after that, we were moved with my husband's job to the state next door. And as you know, that all of a sudden I lost my livelihood. I didn't have a license anymore. It was arbitrarily taken away because I moved to the state next door. And that was obviously so upsetting. It kicked off this very long and painful relicensure process, new exams, the whole shebang. It's awful. And this is before SIPACT, before, you know, the yes. that we're trying to push through to not yeah. have this problem. Not have this problem. Exactly. Because it really is such a limiting, debilitating problem to have your whole life. I mean, thank God I was married and, you know, at least we had one income to rely on, but it was terrible to lose mine. And so um, when that happened, and I forget where the original question was going, but for us, we moved and I began studying for new licensing exams, you know, going through the whole process all over again. And it's funny, during that time, I was going through this tremendous time of insecurity in a way because of that experience of just, oh, you're family had to move. Therefore you can't make a living doing this thing you've done for 15, 20 years, like you're out. So going through that made me feel tremendously insecure. And I remember watching a webinar at the time. And this woman was talking about how the only way to really achieve sort of financial security in your life was to be able to have services that you were able to sell online to whatever audience, whatever services those might be. And she honestly was not speaking to us therapists. She was more talking to like virtual assistants and copywriters. But that message of you can create your own security by having services and learning how to market and sell your own services online, that hit home for me. And I actually was like, well, one thing I know how to do is copywriting. I had some background in that and I needed to make some money. And I thought, well, maybe I can just offer copywriting services to other therapists. And so that's what I started to do. I kind of taught myself to build a rudimentary webpage, started to offer copywriting services, had some clients right away, which was great. 
great. Discovered that I really enjoyed it. And even more than that, I actually really enjoyed just talking to therapists about their marketing and about how they were growing their practice. And then little by little, got to work with some therapists who were outgrowing their practice, who were like, actually, I want to market my coaching program, or I want to sell an online course. Can you help me with that? And in starting to do that, I just absolutely fell in love with it. And that became my big passion. And so that has become where my work has taken me now over the past five years is really helping those therapists who are ready for that next challenge. And I can say every part of that along the way, and I won't say every part has been intuition centered. I have certainly made a million and one business mistakes, as I'm sure we all have. You know, I've made the bad hires. I've made the bad decisions. Like I have stubbed my toes so many times. <laughs> we all stumble through these new things, not quite knowing what we're doing. But the overall program itself and being able to become a leader in the space of therapists who really are looking at what's next for me, how else could I use my clinical skills? That has been a gift. And that's been a gift definitely of following that heart-centered place, that intuitive place. And so it's been amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Katie. This this is so affirming because I love how you bring in like being a leader now and sharing with us, you know, from where you started, right? Right. That leadership capacity might exist in you, my listener, right? It could, yes. it could exist in you or even just the fact that, oh, I have a situation similar to Katie's family when, when, when she had to move or when she was dealing with this and what mm -hmm. else is there, right? This concept of outgrowing the office or outgrowing that typical therapist role right. and what else is possible. And that's one of the things we're really going to talk about in the episode today in our conversation, because Katie knows, knows how to get you there. And I love <laughs> how you say, right, you're running the premier business incubator for therapists outgrowing the office. Yeah. Of course you're a copywriter. That's like so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, we love it. And that's exactly what we do now. And that has become my passion is uh, the reality is there's a couple different things that when I think about it, when I look back, I feel it was a mistake for me that I did not diversify my income sooner as a therapist. And that mistake came to bite me, obviously, when we had to move. And I never anticipated moving. I thought I'd be in California forever. This has also happened to several of my clients that either they had to go help an elderly parent or they fell in love with someone across the country or they followed a child across the country. They weren't expecting to move either, but they were in that exact same boat that I was where it's like, oh, well, there goes your livelihood. Sorry that you've been doing Doing that job for 15 years, but you've arbitrarily lost the right to do that here in this new state. Very challenging for people. And so when you're in that situation, it's amazing how uh, creative you can begin to get. And I think that is when we start to realize little by little that the skills that we have as therapists, we tend to um, downgrade. We tend to believe they're not as incredibly useful as they actually are. We tend to believe that everyone knows the same things we do, that sort of pop psychology is just everywhere on TikTok and Instagram. And yeah. so we kind of fall into believing that all of these other people know just as much as we do. And I am here to report from the other side that they do not. <laughs> You as a, as a past supervisor too, you know, right. I'm constantly telling also my supervisees, your clients don't know this, you know, like, this is really something new, a new experience, a new gift you're sharing with them. Yes. And our skills are transferable. Our skills yes. are, you know, we can, we can morph them into so much. And Katie, you're going to tell us more about that. Um, I'm going to use one of my therapist skills and slow you down for a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I want to go back to one thing, if that's okay. Sure. Some signs, what are some signs that a therapist could be outgrowing the office? Because we already know there could Great be you know, life, life situation events that cause yes. a therapist to need to shift. But what are some signs that like we are already getting uncomfortable? This is such a good question. I love that you asked it. So there are a couple common themes that we see. So number one, people who have maybe been in the field a while, like you and I, 
will come to us and they will feel guilty and they will feel ashamed for saying it and they will practically say it in a whisper, but they'll be like, I'm just a little bit bored. Like I've kind of been seeing the same client for 10, 15 years. You know, they come with different faces and different stories, but I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. I'm just getting bored. And they're not feeling as excited by the work as they once were because really they've mastered it in so many ways. And yes, there's going to be the occasional new challenge, but they've mastered so much of this work. And those six, seven hours a day of client hours all start to feel very, um, what's that groundhog day? <laughs> like it all starts to feel kind of like the same day over and over. And so that's one, that's one sign. If you're just starting to get a little bit bored. The other sign is obviously burnout. That's a major one. And we get a lot of very, very, in our program, we tend to have highly experienced folks, lots of doctors, doctorates, lots of people who come in and they're like, I've literally been specializing in heavy big T trauma for 20 years straight. And it's, they're almost hitting that point where they have given so much. They are such veterans in the field. And they're like, I'm, I don't know. I don't don't know if we can do this for another 10 years. I just don't know. And they're tired and they have paid their dues and they have served so much. And they're looking for that spark again. They're looking for that creativity. They're looking for work, honestly, that's just a little easier. That's not so heavy day in and day out. And we all have a right to ask for that. Um, the other group of people that we get actually tend to be younger clinicians. And I feel like this is where I love my millennial and my Gen Z clients because they will come in and they are savvy early and they might've only been open two or three years in private practice, but they are already looking around going, wait a minute, is this it? Like for the next 30 years or whatever until retirement? is this it? Like, I'm just going to come to this little office and see these couple of clients and this will be my whole life. And they're already looking at it and going, I have more to offer than that. And so that's another one. And then I think that more to offer piece is important. And I find that most of the people, we just did a two-day live event. We had a client success panel and almost to a person, every one of our clients who spoke on that panel talked about how they had a little voice inside that was like, I just think I might have more to offer. I just think maybe I could do more. And to me, that falls right into my mission of trying to help people figure out and live their bigger lives. And because to me, that's what I hear in there is like some part of your soul knows that there's more knows that there's a bigger life out there for you and it's going to take guts and it's going to take changes and it's going to take bravery to step towards it. But that little inkling inside that maybe you're meant for even more than what you're doing right now, to me, it's the most important inkling to follow because that really determines your whole life, your whole life. Yes. Right. And go, it goes right back to the intuition, to that little voice inside yeah. of you that knows something is not aligned and it's okay that we can make those shifts and those transitions, you know, and, and looking at those signs, even now that it could be boredom, it could be burnout. And also how, how normalizing it is that even therapists who are experts for 20 plus years mm -hmm. and, yeah. and more or does, or desire a life with a little more ease so that you can do more things. Like we are yes. allowed to be human and have that yes. full range of experience that I don't think is often um, granted to therapists. You know, I will say this because this might be something that actually resonates with your podcast listeners. And I just shared this in a workshop recently, and I know it's slightly controversial, but I will say this, everyone on earth, not just therapists, but everyone on earth to some extent desires more money, for less time working and more freedom in our lives. And we as therapists can look and say, yes, that's nice that other people want that. We understand why other people want that. And if we say it about ourselves, we suddenly feel guilty. I shouldn't want more money. I shouldn't want to work less. I shouldn't want more freedom. We suddenly feel guilty. And I am here to say, I truly believe that your desire for more money in less time with more freedom is a spiritual calling. And the reason I say it that way is because I believe that is your soul saying, I want to actualize. 
I want to become the best version of whoever I'm meant to be in this lifetime. And when we are living a life of constant hustle and grind and a life where we go to the office for all these hours and we come home and we start the second shift of children and adults and care people that we're taking care of and the laundry and the dishes. And then we collapse into bed at night and then we do it all again. Your soul has no opportunity to truly see who you could be and what you're capable of in this lifetime. And I believe it's your responsibility, if you are a heart-centered therapist, if you are a person connected to that, to say, it is perfectly okay that I desire more money, less time working, and more freedom, because that is how I become the person I'm meant to be. That is the soul's calling for that space for that to happen. That's so beautiful, Katie. Absolutely. You know, that, that spiritual part of it, that our soul get so exhausted right that so or that it's it's not it's not allowed to shine and you you have such vibe and personality and creativity and and just this this like love energy and force of you right and I see that as part of what we do desire most of us want to be able especially the therapists right to serve but from a place of love and growth and that means us too so yes. i just really and I, I so respect that you bring in that part and um you know even hinting at that it it allows us to also be creative in the way that we're meant to be in creative, even in, in our work or, you know, in our lives or with our families, like it's all connected. Yep. Yep. I creativity to me is one of the most exciting parts of this journey. And I don't know about you. Like I remember so well back in grad school where I would be so excited to run home with my textbooks because I was like so excited about everything I was learning and it felt creative and you'd be writing these papers and doing these projects, but it was all such a huge learning curve that it felt really exciting and creative. And then there were many, many, many years where I didn't feel that same energy of excitement and creativity quite that same way. And then growing this business over these past five years, oh my gosh, it's like a whole next level of it. And that's what we have when people come into our program as well in the Clinic Coach Academy. People, we have all the time people coming in the group going, okay, I know I shouldn't have, but I stayed up half the night because I was so excited working on this and working on that. And they're, it's like that vibe is back again for them. Getting and low. Getting yeah. it's yes. so exciting. It's so, it's so addictive, but exhausting, yeah. you know? Yes. Oh. I know. And I love it. And we always chuckle about it. We're like, oh, welcome to the club. Like we've all been there. And I'm working on them, you know, and it's a great feeling. And I'm like, I will happily lose sleep to be creative any day because that's what feels good. And it is what enlivens us. And it's funny too, that you talk about that. You can see now in me, that energy and that love and that spirit. And I feel all of those things so strongly. And I'm telling you, when I was burned out working my clinical director job by day and either seeing private practice clients or teaching grad school by night, working these like 80 hour weeks, I didn't have any of this because there was just no energy left in anything. And I had that story of, I just got to keep hustling, just got to keep going, got to help all the people. And I didn't have any of this. And it is so empowering now for me to be in this position, but then for me to help other people step up into the same position for themselves. I just love it. And to me, if we can lift up the helpers, if we can lift up the healing professionals, all that does is lift up the whole world because now we're lifting up all the clients that come along with them. Yes. The rising tide. That's, that's yes. And the way you also describe that Katie, it connects to the sense that some of some of us, because we get so stuck in that hustle and grind and the heaviness, you know, just the other day, somebody said like, to me, you know, like, oh, feels heavy, you know, because I'm juggling like all of these things. And, you know, so I admit it and, you know, no shame, no story. That was true right. for me, you know, hundred percent. Right, right. And yeah, we also like, you know, kind of stuff that down or stifle it. Yes. And we long to be free. This is that other, that other notion of freedom, right? To, to be able to like live that full expression of ourselves where we're not so weighted down and that's mm-hmm. okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And so through your programs, and, and I, I want to connect to that, you, you help therapists and other helpers establish other types of income streams and offerings and all of that. And sure, we can talk about that, mm-hmm. but you're also helping them with their lifestyle choices and who they want to be with their identities. Because could you imagine if you could have this, this light and embracing identity, just like Katie does? I want that. it's interesting too it is such a process and even for me it's very much been a process of little by little letting myself do more and letting myself experience more and stepping into what I really love like I just recently am coming off of a couple months of a lot of really wonderful fun travel which has been amazing travel is a huge value of mine and finally we're kind of post-covid kind of enough that people are traveling again Uh, And we are, my family, I'm about to take my family to Europe for a month. That's insane. That's completely insane to even be able to say that out loud. But that is the opportunity that is afforded by me outgrowing the office that would have never been afforded any other way if I hadn't done that and been building towards that this whole time. And that to me is part of my bigger life. It's being able to show my kids the world. That feels like a big life goal for me. And it's so exciting to be able to do that. And we've had clients, we had one client, I love her story. She and her husband, her coaching business kind of eclipsed her therapy practice. So she decided to close down the therapy practice because her coaching business was growing so much. And she and her husband bought a boat and they're going to go live on a boat. Because she can coach from anywhere. And so they're going to sail around and see the world and like exciting things like that, where that's her definition of a big life. We have other people who are like, I just want to be home every day at three o'clock when my kids get home and not worried about money and only working five or six hours a day. And that's their definition of a big life. And there's so many ways that people define it. And then I think little by little, as we achieve the little milestones that we set as our big life. And I mean, gosh, my initial big life, I was like, please just let me make enough for groceries. When I started the copywriting business, I was saying to my husband, I'm like, I'm really going to try to cover groceries, babe. Like I'm trying to help here, you know, because I can't go be a therapist. And it has just grown and grown and grown. And that's what we see in our clients too. And I love it. Beautiful, beautiful. And so your big life can start, can start small. Remember that, right? Yes. Or it might be taking a one hour walk, like whatever your big life dream is, start there and we're going to keep growing it. Yes, 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 exactly, exactly. And I think that's the great thing about it is that you don't see the end of the path. You don't actually know. None of us do. None of us know right now what our biggest life truly will end up being. Anyone listening could write a major New York Times bestselling book that impacts millions of people. Anyone listening could give a TED talk someday that impacts millions of people. There's anything out there. And Certainly, I don't think any of us sit around thinking, oh, I'm definitely going to be a New York Times bestselling author. Like, we're just not wired that way. Typically, therapists, you know, we don't tend to be wired that way. We tend to feel like, oh, everyone's better than me. I'll just kind of sit quietly in the back, (laughs) you know, I'll let everyone out. Yeah. And so I, but then what's amazing is, I mean, my gosh, we had a client who out of the blue, because of her coaching work, was just contacted by a major television network who want her to be the expert on their show on a reality TV show featuring her. Like you just, that came out of the blue. Like you never, ever, ever know what might be out there for you in the future. Right. Prepare to be amazed. Have that that belief that Katie is talking about, right? That comes when you're able to be lifted up into a lighter place. Yes. Oh, I love that lighter place. That's really well said. Yes. So Share with us a little, like how your different programs, what they consist of and how you help repurpose therapist clinical skills and and make these shifts, because I think everybody is pretty interested. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Yeah. Um, And so I really, there's just one way to work with me right now, which is our clinic coach Academy program. Uh, I talk a lot about coaching. Now, the reality is under the name coaching, I would put several different ways of working. I would put life coaching. 
I would put consulting. I would put creating online courses. I would even add into there growing into things like retreat leadership, writing books, being a speaker, all those different things that people can also choose to do in the future. The reason I tend to use the word coaching is because one, it's a blanket over all of them, but two, Coaching is the absolute easiest shift for any therapist to make right now because you have all the skills already. You don't need to go learn new skills. You are actually far overqualified from people who have coaching certifications. You are way, way, way beyond them. And a lot of coaching, what people need to understand is the vast majority of the coaching models you'll see out there are some variation on CBT. And it's some variation on stuff that you learned very early, probably in your grad school curriculum. And you've actually gone well beyond that now in your knowledge and in your training, because that's just how being a therapist works. And so coaching, what's great is we look at clients with a non-clinical level of need. So a client that has a specific problem that they need help overcoming, but it's It's not a clinical problem. So if I had to illustrate that further, I would say this is the difference between, uh, if you're an anxiety expert, this is the difference between the client who's having panic attacks, where that's a clinical level of need, versus the client who's getting back out there dating after divorce, and they're having such first date jitters, and they just really need help. Everything else in their life is fine, but man, those dates, those are nerve wracking for them. Now you can use a lot of your same anxiety interventions that you might use in the clinical room, you can still help that person with the first date jitters or the public speaking nerves. And so we're looking at clients who, they are different clients. They typically have higher executive functioning skills, but they have a specific problem and they need your help. And so we kind of center down onto those clients. We just apply the skills we already have in a slightly different way with those clients. We create coaching packages. I tend to recommend six to 10 weeks as a nice little sweet spot for your initial coaching packages. I would not go longer than that. I think six to eight can be even better. You charge higher fee for coaching. People ask why all the time. I'll tell you exactly why. Coaching is not commoditized. Mental health, the therapy world, as we exist in it right now, has been commoditized. The average client does not know the difference between you with 20 years of experience and Joe Schmo down the hall who graduated yesterday. They don't know the difference. All they know is, do you take my insurance? Who's the cheapest? That's what they're looking for. You know, are you on my EAP? Can I get in to see you next week? That is what they're looking for. And because of that, and because unfortunately of the rise of all the big text therapy corporations and all these mega corporations providing therapy now, they are the only winners in this. We have been commoditized. They win, the clients lose, we lose as the providers because it is now a race to the bottom in terms of price. Now, the coaching world is very different. It is a world in its infancy. It's an industry that's still trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a Wild West industry, but it is not commoditized because it is highly specialized. Because coaches, unlike therapists, don't come around and say, hey, I'll be your coach. And if you see me for a year, hopefully you'll feel better. People are willing to accept that outcome when they see a therapist because they don't know any better. People are not looking for that outcome with a coach. With a coach, they're like, hey, in six weeks, we are going to get you through those first date jitters. I am going to give you these couple of skills to use before every first date. You are going to feel so much better. All your first dates are going to be better because I have got some skills for you to use. You can hear the difference, right? And how specialized. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. To the client's pain point, to their problem yes. and how you can offer solutions. Exactly. And exactly. then in their court, they know I've got six to eight weeks to, uh, you know, put this into action. They're right. Exactly. In a different place. The client's motivation internally. Completely, completely. And the beautiful thing is, this is a pro tip for your listeners. When you are that specialist, let's say you're that first date jitter specialist, guess what? They don't also expect you to fix all their problems at work. And they don't also expect you to fix all the troubles they're having with their adult children. And guess what? As a therapist, you've always been expected to be a generalist. 
even if someone showed up and on first blush, they're a perfect fit for your niche. You and I both know that six months later, you're talking about every single thing in their entire life, whether or not you are a specialist in that, whether you know anything about it, you're expected to be a generalist. And that's part of why you're tired. <laughs> that is a big part. Right. All the time. And, you know, if, if you felt a little sad, like I did when Katie was talking about like the commoditization of therapy, which is so true and so mm -hmm. unfortunate, mm -hmm. what, what you're also saying is that we lose as therapists, but we can win as therapists when we add in something like coaching, because that lets you shine, right? The, the client cannot distinguish between your experiences or your gifts from, you know, psychology today, but when yes. you are doing coaching with them for this specific problem that they're, they're desiring struggling. It, yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden you shine for them. Your experience is everything. And it's, yep. it's so different. It is. And what I, what I love about it is I can't tell you how many therapists I've known over the years who got burned out and left the field completely. They became realtors, they became school teachers, they became accountants, they left the field, they were completely burned out. To me, we all have the opportunity now, we're sort of lucky in a way to be alive right now, when we all have the opportunity, all of us who have that deep call inside to be a helper, and we've always known that deep down we're a helper, we can stay a helper and we can stay in the field longer because there are all these different ways to use the skills we already have and that internal pull that we already feel. Yes. Yes. And so you're still serving yeah. right? as yeah. a coach. And that's one of the clearest distinctions I've heard in terms of describing the differences between therapy and coaching. So I, I love the way you described that, Katie. It makes it so much clearer in terms of like, it's not a, it's not a clinical problem. There's not a clinical situation going right. on. And it's what, you know, you're narrowing it down to one thing. To a specific problem, a specific group of people who are having a problem and they're feeling pain just like everybody else is and they need help with it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, what happens in Clinician to Coach Academy? Oh, sure. Um, I can talk you through it. We So basically people come in, when they join us, they apply to our program. Um, we do a little interview and everything. And when they decide to join, usually the first thing people are very concerned about understandably are the legality and the ethics. And so we actually have a lawyer and we hired a lawyer specifically to do deep research for us and for our students on what are the legal and ethical ramifications, exactly what documents do therapists need if they're going to do coaching, what contracts, are we still talking about mandated reporting, are we still talking about limits to confidentiality. So one of our very first steps is giving our people a really thorough explanation, debrief on all of that so that they are very well protected legal and legally and ethically. They're setting themselves up well in whatever state they're in. So we go through all of that and that kind of forms that little safety net feeling for everyone like, okay, you know, I get it now. I get the differences and I'm well protected. We give, we um, purchase the legal docs from our lawyer and we give them to each person that joins the program so that they have all the documents that they need to get started with. And they feel really good about that. And then the vast majority of people, honestly, they don't know their niche when they come in, which I think is a good thing <laughs> because the people that do come in knowing their niche typically change. And on average, people in our program will change their niche or shift their niche a little bit, not necessarily a complete change, but like a shift on average about three times. Oh. And so it's very normal. Yeah, it's very normal to either not have any idea what your coaching niche would be. And then we take everybody through a really specific process of figuring that out and researching it and validating it and all of these things. So we go through all that. And typically, even once we've done that, people might still, once they get out there and start seeing those first couple coaching clients, it can still shift a little bit. You can still have new discoveries about, oh, I thought I would love this, but I don't. I actually think I would love this a little bit more. And you shift a little bit in your niche or you, whatever it is, you might realize like, oh, the way I was speaking about my niche attracted this person, but maybe if I speak differently about it, I'll attract this person instead, who's closer to that ideal client that I'm dreaming about. And so we kind of go that way. We help people sort through that. And then we help people develop what we call 
the super simple trial offer, which is kind of your initial coaching offering to those ideal clients that you'd like to work with. And we keep it very simple for the first time out. People do not, we don't let people go out and like build entire programs and record a hundred videos and make a thousand worksheets. Cause we know that that is wasted time when you do it in the very beginning. You need to just get out there, be talking to people and book those first couple of coaching clients. And from them, you learn so much. And from them, you're going to then build out the worksheets or the videos or the other things that you might give to future clients. But first, you just want to book those first couple one-on-ones. And we have a lot of people who understandably want to move very quickly out of the one-on-one work. They're tired of the one-on-one work. We always recommend you still do like three to five, at least initial one-on-one clients to learn from them. And then if you're feeling ready, you could start moving into small group coaching work, for example, or moving towards building that online course you want to build. And so it all becomes a process. And we just have it laid out very, very granularly week by week of what you do, how you start to get the word out, how you announce to your friends and colleagues what you're doing, exactly how to use social media for this purpose. And I will say this, because I was just in a meeting with some of our clients, and we were talking about social media. And I know that your people are the same as all of us because all therapists, when you say social media, we all make a face and we all hate it. And we all know that it's ruining our mental health. I will give this reframe. Social media is terrible if you only approach it as a consumer. If you are just scrolling all day, yes, it's ruining your mental health. Knock it off. (laughs) Yes, it's going to make you feel like crap. Get out of there. But social media is wonderful for the creators. And so if you can shift your perspective on social media to, I'm using social media as a creator. I'm creating content that benefits other people. I am getting in and getting out. You know, I'm getting in to post my content or to reply to maybe comments back. And then I'm getting out again. If you're approaching it as a creator, it's the most wonderful tool on earth. It's built me a business that's been at a million dollars for the past three years running entirely on social media. It's a wonderful tool. And if I only approached it as a consumer, or if I do find myself like those weekends where I'm bored and I'm scrolling too much, heck yeah, my mental health will slide downhill. And I need to pull that back. And I need to be responsible for that in my own scrolling habits. But that is the reframe. Sorry for the little aside, but I know important. It is because every time you say social media, all of us who, especially all of us who were around before social media existed, look at it and think, oh, it's just terrible and it's ruining the youth of America and we all worry about our kids and all these things. And I agree with all of that 100%. And if you look at it as a creator and you treat it as a creator, it's the most wonderful tool on earth and it connects you. You and I wouldn't have met without social media. It connects you to amazing people and amazing communities and opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. It's a huge connector and can build community that way. And, you know, as a creator and as an entrepreneur, you're also building a business or educating, like don't discount the the power of education on social media as well, especially if you're you're a coach. And, you know, if you're a coach and you're helping somebody with first date jitters, like you get out there on social media and talk about that. Like, that's amazing. And people will be interested, you know, it's really true. It's really, it's really something else. Um, You know, and I think for therapists, we're so isolated all of the time that as you join something like the Clinician to Coach Academy, suddenly you're around other people. I imagine right. start getting these cohorts of friendships and collaborations. Like, do you see that happening, Katie? Oh, it's the best part. It's the best part. It's so exciting. Yeah, we have people in our group who have formed podcasts together, put on summits together, you know, had one another guest on their blogs or their different podcasts that they have individually, uh, speak at one another's groups, support each other through launches of their various programs. And it is great just to be in a room of people who get it because you and I know, honestly, like a lot of Facebook groups for therapists, like the big free groups can kind of be cesspools. There can be a lot of bullies. (laughs) This is where the social media is bad for us, right? Like it's in those groups. Let's be honest. There can be just bullies and naysayers and people willing to stand in the very 
back of the stands and shout down anybody who's in the front doing the work. And so when you get in a group of other therapists who are entrepreneurial, who are creative, who are doing the work, it's so refreshing because you're like, these are the best people on earth. Like I, I was saying to one of my employees, I'm like every day in our client group, it feels like I'm going to brunch with my best friends because it just feels like that energy of people that you just love to be around. And I love that. I love that. Right. So if you're listening and you're like, what? She's talking about going to brunch with your best friends and <laughs> barely like sit at our desk and eat lunch. Come on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But basically that's what we do in our program. And we have the cool thing about our program. I think is that it's not just me. There's a lot of coaches out there where you're kind of hiring a coach and you're just relying on one person to be a generalist, much as people rely on you as a therapist to be a generalist. And when I built this program, I didn't want to do that because I was like, I'm a good copywriter, but I'm not a professional full-time copywriter. So I'm going to go hire somebody who is. Um, I'm a decent mindset coach, but I'm not a professional full-time mindset coach. So I'm going to go hire somebody who is technology, funnels, uh, social media. We actually have uh, Andrea Brugnano, who is amazing. And she is a therapist who is also a professional social media strategist. So I have an entire team of coaches and everyone in our program gets unlimited coaching with our whole coaching team. So you always have people available one-on-one -on -one to support you. I find therapists, if you give people enough ways to get support, they will use it. So we have group support. We have private DM support. We have unlimited one-on-one -on -one coaching. We have private recorded feedback and laser critiques. Like we just, it goes on and on and on because we know that different people have different learning styles and that some will feel more comfortable in one way than another. So we're kind of like, how many different ways can we possibly give you so that you will get the support so that you will move through the program so that you will launch and outgrow your office? That's so great. And um, I was just checking. Andrea Brognano was a guest on this podcast. You can check out episode 11. So if you're oh, interested in social awesome. media for therapists and coaches, definitely check that out. And then you can yes. see some of the fabulous team in, in Katie's network. I love her. She's great. She's great. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really important. I think that you mentioned that I was going to bring that up too, that, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a therapist or going into coaching, right? Like you can also hire a coach. Katie has hired coaches for herself. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> she is like a superstar coach, you know, and I've hired coaches and I'm using one right now. Like everybody has that opportunity. We see yes. this as a way to live our best life, our bigger life. And I think that's a big part of this. And that works also for being a therapist and just, you know, wanting to increase your mastery of a certain skill or, you know, yeah. something else that you want to do. Um, but, but this is so interesting as a way to explore how to repurpose your amazing therapeutic skills Yes, yes. And, and gain some freedom in all of those different arenas of your life finance, lifestyle, time, freedom, yeah. creativity, all of it. All of it. And I'll just say again, if you start today, you have no idea in three years or in five years where you might be. You have no idea. And so the most important thing to me is for all of us, just start today. If you are anybody who is that heart-centered therapist who feels that little bit of a pull that maybe there's more for you, maybe you could do more, maybe you have more to give or more creativity you haven't used yet, the world needs it. Your soul needs it. You need that opportunity to become the person you most want to become. We have limited time here on earth to do and figure out what we could do and be. Right, right. Katie is really a, a soul-driven entrepreneur. And, you know, she created her million-dollar business in just three years by outgrowing her office, challenging these assumptions, and helping others achieve what she is still growing and building in her life and seeing other people thrive and feel happier and freer. And so it's, it's really, really inspiring. Is, is there anything else you'd like to share as, as we wrap up? This has just been such an inspiring and fun conversation and I love it. Mind turning. I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, you know, the one thing, and it's kind of random, but I will share it just as something for people to think about, because I've been talking about this more recently. 
I think a lot of therapists, I mentioned earlier that we tend to downplay how much we know. One opportunity that I think a lot of therapists are missing and not looking at is the opportunity of actually consulting with businesses, with schools, with local healthcare providers. There is actually a tremendous amount of opportunity there. And I, we just had a client sell, get ready for this number, a $60,000 consultation package to a business. Crazy, right? But businesses have money to spend on people who will come in and do, you guys, listen to me, the most basic mental health training with their employees, the most basic stress management interventions with their employees. In his case, some of what he's doing is basic communication skills for managers, communication skills for leaders. It is stuff that a lot of us therapists could do in our sleep, but we don't realize how valuable those skills are. I have another friend I was just speaking with recently. He has two or three talks that he gives from his home office on Zoom. They are super basic basic like mental health in the workplace talks. He said it's like as 101 as you could possibly get. He does them for an hour, charges at minimum $1,200 for these and big companies pay for this. And this is one hour and it's the same speech over and over. He's like, I could do it in my sleep. It's the same talk. I just do it at different companies every week. And so those opportunities are out there. And if you need people to help you shape and help you figure out how to do that, we're here for you to figure that out. But again, just start thinking outside the box because the number of opportunities out there for people with our skills is insane and it's only growing by the day. So don't let the opportunity to do these things and to buy back some of your freedom and buy back some of your time, don't let that pass. Get started on it sooner rather than later. Oh, that's that's so great. And you know, these these companies have budgets for it. And yes. think outside of the box already each day, each session with our clients, you're already doing it. So now just shift a little bit. Maybe, maybe you do some writing or you talk to a friend or you know, find a way or 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 join Katie's program, but find a way to explore what it is that's not aligned for you that might be missing or that you want to do differently. Yes. That that light force, right? Yes. Yes. That excitement again. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Katie, I just am so grateful that you took time out of your schedule to join me for this conversation. And I know my listeners are going to really be interested and follow um, all of, all of your different social media sites. So tell us where we can find you and um, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am Hey Katie Reed across the various platforms right now. My name is K-A-T-I-E-R-E-A-D. Everyone wants to spell it with two E's, <laughs> the common way. So it's Hey Katie Reed across the various platforms. And there's katiereed.com is my main website. And I do have a lot of freebies there. So if you go to katiereed.com and click on the top right, you'll see the freebie tab and you can get started. We have really robust freebies that can help you get started right away without growing your office and with setting up a coaching business or consulting or whatever you're looking at. That's great. That's great. She's on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Also, she has a great Facebook group. The Therapist Freedom Incubator is our Facebook group. And when probably most active these days, we're trying to focus our energies a bit on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, that's probably the best place to follow me. Although everything gets posted to Facebook as well. Hey, Katie Reed. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much again. And Thank you. Really, really am so grateful for all that you're doing to help the helpers live bigger lives. I love it. Thank you, Cindy. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.